casual joint. Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents The Drive. Ready, fight! The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It's the Thursday, November 15th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Later on the show, we're going to hear from Mitch Jacobs, Marshall's volleyball coach. He had an announcement today, and he's going to be joining us in studio to talk about that announcement and more. Plus, we'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. But it's Thursday. You know what that means? Get your lineup set up right now. Get it set. Don't wait. But if you have waited this long, I've got some good news for you. He's like a beacon of light when it comes to fantasy football. And now I've got to make these intros even bigger and better because, well, he described me last week as his hype machine. So, like grace from above with fantasy football advice that you need, let's welcome to the program Joe Bartle, rotowire.com, rotowire magazine your fantasy football savior i gotta script these out better i mean last week i was just doing off the off the top of my head now i got pressure on me joe to, to hype it up i thought beacon of light already was fantastic I, that was very poetic you like that okay we'll go with that yeah chuck the chuck the one down we can we can start with that one we can just keep building on as we continue to go okay well we're worth by the time we're done with this you're going to have a boilerplate that you give to other radio stations and other people across the country yeah just introduce <laughs> me like this we'll just spend the first 20 minutes of introducing me that's that's fine that'll be perfect for the listeners i like it how you been how's your week you know what it's pretty good uh, i'm looking forward to the holidays next week and of course i have the packers my packers tonight against the seahawks and uh I'm a little bit nervous about that game, but I think overall it'll be a pretty pleasant experience. And I'm actually going to be traveling to Indianapolis this weekend to catch a Colts versus Titans game. My wife is, for some reason, an Andrew Luck supporter like there is no other, and uh, I'm surprising her with tickets. So that'll be a, it'll be a fun, be a fun football-filled week and weekend. So that means we're going to have to probably do this either next Wednesday, Tuesday. We're going to have to find a new day because Thursday, of course, is uh, well. We can't be talking about setting your rosters on the day they're playing football in the <laughs> afternoon. We can't do that. No, we'll be munching down some uh, potatoes and turkey during that time. So, yeah, uh, whether it be Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, whatever, uh, we'll be able to get that fancy knowledge pretty early in the week. Okay, let's uh, let's tentatively say we're going to do, uh, let us say Wednesday. We're tentatively going to do Wednesday. All right, all right, that sounds good uh, to me. All right, on-air bookings, we've done that sometimes. So, <laughs> um before we get into the actual numbers, who to pick, who to start, who to sit, all that good stuff, um, from a fantasy football standpoint, what's going on with my Cincinnati Bengals? I mean, yeah, you're, you get rid of your defensive coordinator, you bring Hugh Jackson back on. Uh, I mean, am, should I just drop all Bengals football players from uh, fantasy football rosters across the country? What's going on? No, I don't. I don't think dropping all of them. I was expecting more production the Bengals offense last week. Forget what the defense got decimated by the Saints. That's that's a different conversation. I was expecting Andy Dalton to do a little bit more, and I understand that A.J. Green's out, and he's really historically struggled when his top receiver is not in the in the game, but to only get 10 points against the Saints defense that's allowed at least 20 points, it feels like, for four or five years, uh, not just games, years, it, it was disappointing to see. And now with Joe Mixon potentially out, you know, I think we're still kind of waiting word as to what his stats will be for Sunday. 
there's a lot to be pessimistic about when it comes to that offense. I understand uh, that you might not have better options when it comes to the quarterback spot. And, of course, A.J. Green's injury has kind of really hindered things. Tyler Boyd is about the only consistent player right now that I would feel comfortable starting in my fantasy lineup. And if Joe Mixon were to be out, I don't think we have any indication one way or another, but let's just pretend Mixon's out. Bernard becomes a pretty good fantasy pickup that you could probably get away with starting this week, but against the Ravens, I don't know, especially if Flacco ends up being out, whether it is Lamar Jackson or RG3 that starts, that's going to be an ugly game that I don't anticipate a lot of scoring from either side. So I'm not positive Bernard makes a lot of sense from that perspective either. It's it's difficult. I I, uh, I confess they don't have a lot of answers when it comes to your Bengals, unfortunately. Yeah, nobody does. So with the Marvin Lewis-led defensive core now, do you take a chance on them, say, oh, I need a defense, what do I do? Do you even look their way or just keep going? I think potentially, but it's not because Marvin Lewis is the coordinator or it's not because Hugh Jackson's coming on board. It's more because I'm concerned as to who could be under center for the Ravens. I'm a, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think he's going to be a special talent in the NFL, and frankly, if he ends up the start this Sunday, he should be picked up in almost every league. Just off the potential alone at what he could do running the ball. Let's forget throwing for a second. He's going to be one of the best running quarterbacks I believe we're going to ever see in the NFL. And I, I know that's pretty high praise and the likes of Michael Vick and even guys earlier than that, that he's going to have to top. But that's the potential that we're talking about with Lamar Jackson. That being said, I don't think we're going to see it right away in his first start. So if you're going to be playing roulette style for your defense, maybe the Bengals make a little bit of sense. I think there's probably better options out there. You could take the Titans or Colts defense, I think, in that matchup, and they'll do similar to what the Bengals could do. Uh, I've seen a lot of people pick up the Steelers, and for good reason. Blake Bortles always seems to throw at least one pick or one fumble or something like that, and the Steelers have been pretty opportunistic when it comes to returning touchdowns and maybe get some value out of there. So I wouldn't say the Bengals are an automatic pickup if Flacco's out, uh, if he is, I think you consider it. If Flacco does start for whatever reason, no, I'm not going anywhere near that defense. So it's really kind of predicating on if RG3 or Lamar Jackson is going to be taking the taking the snaps on Sunday. Joe Bartles joining us, rotowire.com, rotowire magazine. So let's look at tonight's matchup. First up, we've got Green Bay and Seattle. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think I know your answer. If you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're starting him. Yeah, but... If you have better options, I'm talking like maybe you have a Philip Rivers, maybe you have a Matt Ryan, something like that, I would actually lean that direction. I would lean towards starting one of those other stud players. More than likely, if you invested a second, third, or fourth round pick in Aaron Rodgers, you didn't take a quarterback or you have probably a crappier one on your bench, and therefore you're not, you're not going to be playing that guy over Rodgers. But if for whatever the reason you're kind of considering between maybe a different top ten guy, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, could have potentially been on your lineup had you taken Rodgers early, I think that's the direction I would go. You look at the history of Rodgers in Seattle. It's a difficult place to play, but particularly Rodgers has struggled there with guys like Cobb and Allison out. It's not like he hasn't been using the, he hasn't been working with those uh, guys out before. But I think it's just going to be a difficult atmosphere. Maybe not for Rodgers, but for the younger receivers, Scantling um, and in Inquiry St. Brown. That's going to be a difficult matchup. So I'm not anticipating a lot of. Rodgers scoring. I think Aaron Jones is probably the biggest fantasy prospect on either side of the ball tonight. Uh, I would anticipate he gets probably 100 total yards and maybe a touchdown. He might present a bit more value in PPR formats, particularly since Rodgers will have to be checking the ball down if that pass rush is getting to him or even if that crowd noise is getting to him. I think uh, Jones makes a lot of uh, sense in that aspect. So I wouldn't say he's an automatic start. 
but more than likely you don't have better options on your bench at the quarterback spot if you have Rodgers. So what you're telling me is if I have Aaron Rodgers and Andy Dalton, I'm starting Andy Dalton, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, no, no. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the direction. And frankly, I think Dalton's days as a automatic fantasy play are over. Even if A.J. Green were to come back, you look at the rest of Dalton's schedule, it's not really favorable for that QB. So, uh, yeah, no, I would be I would be playing Rodgers, and I almost wonder if Dalton's bench, or benchable or cuttable in a lot of different formats. I know I rostered him for probably weeks five through nine, and this is the point of the season now where I'm probably looking at cutting him. Uh, hopefully I have better quarterback options. I have Andrew Luck in two of my other weeks where I had Dalton, so I'm going to be rolling with Luck to the foreseeable future. But I think in most formats, Dalton probably becomes a top 15, top 20 quarterback, where earlier in the season I could have argued he was easily a top 10 guy. Joining us from Roto-Wire Magazine and RotoWire.com is Joe Bartle. And if you're looking at just the overall week, some of the matchups that are coming up and you've got players, who are you avoiding as far as starting? Is there anyone out there you're thinking, uh, on most weeks, I'd, most weeks I would start, not this week? I'm wondering if Mike Evans is a guy that I might be benching at this point. Until Jameis Winston comes back on our center, Fitzpatrick really doesn't seem to target Mike Evans, and it's more on the big play potential or the red zones where he's looking that direction. But even then, even when they get in the red zone, it's kind of the O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait sort of situation. And we saw a lot of Peyton Barber and a lot of Jaquiz Rodgers kind of mixed into that offense last week, too. The Giants, for as bad as they are offensively, are actually a pretty good defense. So there's going to be points scored. I couldn't tell you which team is going to be scoring those points. I think the Giants have a favorable matchup against a porous Buccaneers defense, so that would in turn, result in a lot of passing from the Buccaneers side of things. I don't know. I, I'm worried game script wise Again, Mike Evans was taken in the back end of the first round or kind of towards the middle of the second round in most leagues. I anticipate you don't have better wide receiver options, but you talk about guys that are near the top of their position. I wonder if Mike Evans is a bit of a question mark so long as Fitzpatrick's under center. I'm concerned about it. I'm not, not enough to bench him, but I'm concerned moving forward for what his production could end up being. Is there anyone out there, waiver-wire-wise, that you're looking at thinking, hey, I need someone real quick. This might be the guy to go to. I know we're getting pretty deep in the season. I'm sure all the good players uh, with that kind of potential have been snapped up. But is there anyone out there that you're looking at saying, hey, this still has some potential here, this still has some fantasy value? I'll answer it as a two-part question here. I love, I love doing two-part questions, especially on the radio. Just It seems right. So the quick answer to that is three receivers. Kiki QT for the Texans, Cortland Sutton for the Broncos, and Maurice Harris for the Redskins. I think all three of those guys could present wide receiver two or wide receiver value on your fantasy team. Harris, uh, especially with uh, Jay Crowder potentially out again this week, and uh, it sounds like it could be even more of a season-type injury as opposed to a game-by-game injury, has been really the slot receiver that has been targeted the most with Alex Smith under center. I think that he probably is a good bet to get 10 to 12 points in a PPR format. He's not going to be scoring touchdowns. He's not going to get a ton of yardage, but he's a safe option. And I think when you're looking for a wide receiver three at this point in the season and you're competing, having the safe points is probably the better route. Cortland Sutton, also another guy that he's going to get picked up or has been picked up in most leagues at this point, but the touchdown potential is there. And he really had a disappointing first outing as the main guy behind Emmanuel Sanders on the Broncos offense. He's going to do better moving forward. And I would say the same thing could be said for Kiki Cutie, even with uh, Demaryius Thomas as the wide receiver for the Texans. So I, I think those three guys are wide receiver two or wide receiver for three eligible players. I'll give you a guy, though, if you're competing for the playoffs, you have maybe a 
roster spot that you can burn to end the season, Rashad Penny has to be a person you're picking up for the same reason that Nick Chubb ended up doing well, for the same reason that Carrion Johnson ended up doing well, for the same reason that you were kind of acquiring some of these guys, even Marlon Mack for that instance, off of waiver wires after owners are disappointed with them. Penny is a guy that if the Seahawks fall, fall out of playoff contention, and they very well could tonight if they lose to the Packers, that they probably have to be giving him the ball to see what they have out of their first-round pick this year. Penny's easily the best talent that running back staff has currently, and for whatever reason they aren't utilizing him. I really think as the season progresses, and especially if the Seahawks fall out of contention, Penny makes a lot of sense as a guy that, for no other reason, could get you a 20 or 25-point outing if you have to start him. And I think that's kind of the situation if you're a fantasy playoff team, you're kind of bound for a buy or something like that. Wasting a roster spot on a guy that could end up being the difference in those weeks 14, 15, 16 is always what I try to do as I get into that final few stretches of the fantasy season. What about Le'Veon Bell? Um, how many drops do you think he got this week? People just hanging on to him and finally realizing, give it up. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. I would imagine Le'Veon Bell is dropped everywhere. If not, he should because he can't play the rest of the season. He opted out. And I understand it from Le'Veon Bell's perspective. Uh, I, I'm all for players getting as much money as possible. I wasn't a huge fan of how he kind of stringed people along, and it felt like him and his agent were trying to control the narrative as far as what he was to be considered as a person rather than the player. I think people understand that the NFL shelf life for running back in particular is short. So go ahead and get your money while you can. There, There's the vocal minority that is frustrated by what he's doing, but I think I'm frustrated with how he went about doing it, and that's kind of where a lot of fantasy owners are left now, where you had a guy that you took number two, number three, number four overall, that literally will not play all season, but you had to keep on your roster for these first 10 weeks. That's difficult, and if you weren't savvy enough to back it up with James Conner, you're probably not in a position to compete for the playoffs, and if you are, you're kind of hanging out by a thread. So it's difficult. Uh, I understand that, and that's why I kind of mentioned Giovanni Bernard at the beginning of this, especially if Joe Mixon's out. We've seen his injury history in the past and how they've utilized Bernard when Mixon's out. He's a guy that could fill him and get you those 10, 15, 20 points that you might need from a running back, too. And uh, that's really all you can hope for when you miss a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who you were projecting to be your main stud in your fantasy team. Yeah, that's a great strategy. I've done that in leagues also, different sports, where, okay, say, for example, my goaltender's out, I go grab the backup real quick and then I ride that for a few games if I've got an open IR spot. And speaking of that, I know some leagues have spots for injury reserve. I don't know if it's as common uh, you know, as, uh, as it is for leagues that I'm playing in, but... Is there a guy out there, because uh, what I've been trying to do sometimes is, all right, there's a guy out there, I've got an open spot, an IR spot, I pick him up now, hang on to him for a couple of weeks since I've got an open spot that's going to maybe come back, make an impact. Is that a strategy, sound strategy for you? Do you recommend that? Absolutely, and I think uh, you could have used that for A.J. Green. I don't know what his stats ends up being this week, but I would anticipate, given that the time frame was two to three weeks, He's not going to be playing this week. You'd be one to stash A.J. Green. I don't think anyone's dropping him, though. Uh, the guy that I really think of when you talk about IR spots, I've actually picked him up in a few weeks where I feel I'll be competitive for the next four or five weeks, so maybe it makes sense. Rex Burkhead, uh, he's eligible to return for the Patriots beginning of December. I want to say it's December 1st. He's eligible to come off IR. And if that's the case, you kind of mix him in with Sonny Michelle. You mix him in with Deion, uh, not Deion Lewis, sorry, James White. And there's potential for him to be a fantasy-relevant running back, even with those two guys still doing well. 
yeah, he probably cuts into James White, Brooklyn. Yeah, he probably cuts into Michelle's too. But to the point where I imagine all three could be productive if that Patriots offense is humming like we anticipate they will be as we get closer to the playoffs and closer to January and February when the Patriots always seem to do well. So I've been picking up Rex Burkhead in the leagues I know I'm going to be competitive in if I have an IR spot. There are some fantasy moments where you don't, and if that's the case, then I don't think you pick him up until after he comes back, not even before, after he comes back. But in the situation where you have an IR spot, Rex Burkhead makes a lot of sense, and I've seen him available just about everywhere. A bit of the foresight, particularly if you have an advantage heading into the fantasy playoffs, could be to make a break difference in you winning the league. So I think Burkhead, in that sense, is probably a pretty good value if you're to pick him up now. Joining us on the program from rotowire.com, Rotowire Magazine, is Joe Bartle. Joe, good talking to you again. We're going to do it again hopefully next week, Wednesday, since we can't do it on Thursday. We can't. We're going to be sitting eating turkey. We can't do that. Exactly. No, no, no. We we have better things to do, uh, better stomachs to fill, as, as opposed to talking about some nonsense on fantasy football. Certainly. Exactly. We'll do it again next week. Joe, thank you, sir. As always, appreciate it, and we'll do it again next week. All right, sounds good. Thank you. As Joe Bartle, rotowire.com, rotowire magazine. Don't forget, check out the website. They've got deals going on all the time to help you with your fantasy. All right, when we come back from break, we've got Marshall University volleyball coach Mitch Jacobs. He had an announcement today we're going to talk about when we continue with this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, November 15th edition. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and um, today sucks. I'm just going to say it right now. Today sucks. Did you say that? I just did. Today sucks. You know why, man? Why, man? Uh, Only because uh, you announced your retirement today. Mitch Jacobs joins me in the studio. And you announced your retirement, so that just means I, I don't have a a media coach relationship with you anymore. Thankfully, I've still got a friendship well, with you. Absolutely, Blue. And, and we can still talk sports. And we can. And let me let me tell you first and foremost, um, a couple years ago, my grandmother died. And you know who sent me a text just to check up on me? Mitch Jacobs. Not I don't have too many good relationships uh, like that with any you know, with coaches and other folks. Always when there's something wrong with me or if something's not going my way, you know who's there for me, checking in on me now and then? And I'm sincere. Mitch Jacobs. That's how much this day sucks for me just because you've been that good of a friend to me. We're not talking coach, just, you know, a coach with a good relationship with someone in the media. It goes beyond that with me and you because I, I, I mean, I just think that you're a hell of a human being. And I just hate to hear that you were retiring today, but at the same time, you got to do what's good for you. And that's why I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about it today because, well, I mean, I read your press release, and uh, I think it's a loss for Marshall. I, I will think it's that loss for Marshall for a long time that you are a, a one-of-a-kind guy, top to bottom, one-of-a-kind. You weren't expecting that, were you? No, no. (laughs) I'm serious. Uh, You know, and that meant a lot to me. The things over the years that you have meant a lot to me. Just the fact that, you know, okay, Mitch Jacobs thinks of me a little bit more than just a guy here asking questions. I mean, he's actually, you know, interested in 
you know, forming a relationship with right, let's a person. Let's, let's, move on. On. let's move on. Let's move on. Let's go on. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I just wanted you to know now that. And I'm not going anywhere. You're man. not you going and I, anywhere. We're going to have some more fun. Right. We're going to talk. We're going to have some good times. But uh, we'll get you on the Kurtner payroll sometime <laughs> on the line. Oh Lord, <laughs> my Kurtner just went. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have to he's, get a. He's going to have to have a 10 second delay from he's, here on out. He's going to need a. He's going to need a car. It's going to be. Um, you know, it's not going to be like a sport I'm utility good. vehicle. I'm good, man. We're, we're you all need good. like a Mustang. I'm uh, I'm feeling feeling relaxed about the decision. Um, you know, Mike Hamrick really uh, helped me uh, make this a, a, an easy decision, and he really did. He's uh, he's a straightforward guy, man. And you can't, you just, you don't understand in athletics how rare it is that an administrator will just tell you what they think and feel about you and he will so even if you don't like it at least you know where you're at and it's it's easy to work for that guy and he's you know and and we've talked about it you know i mean it it was easy to it was easy to back me when you're throwing up 20 plus you know wins every year it's easy to back a guy who's bringing championships and and going to six championship matches in first seven years of d1 that's that's easy to back mike backed me and he stayed confident in me when i wasn't putting up those numbers and uh that'll never be forgotten i i love marshall and i just think those girls need better somebody who can affect them better i'm just not having that i'm just not doing it and you know i i I know sure i know the game Sure, I know how to coach. Sure, I know how they should behave. Sure, I know how they should act. Sure, sure I know these things. But they need somebody who's going to motivate them to do it. And I used to, I used to do that. I used to get a lot out of the kids. They knew I was tough, but they knew that their hard work was, was meaningful. It meant something. And, and it's, they're crushing life now. And I'm just, you know, they, they need somebody else. And Mike, uh, that's... That's a good man right there, you know, and I know people that that have different opinions, but that's never going to be my opinion. And my opinion of that man is his friend for life. So how long have you kind of felt that this was the right thing for you to do? I mean, I don't think this came you know, yesterday. No, I mean, last last spring was just just a gut check, you know, kids transferring, not not enjoying the program, not wanting to be at Marshall and that, you know, things. And, and we worked so hard to bring in more kids, bring in kids that we, we think will do better. And, you know, not, not better. I mean, we had so much talent, but better in terms of uh, just wanting to do what the program is. And we don't lie to anybody what we want to do in our program. And, um, and, you know, it just, it was another kind of, it was going the wrong way again. And, you know, you're trying to be open, you're trying to be trustful, and it was just going the wrong way. And so uh, they're not bad kids. And you got to have somebody in there motivating to want to do something right, do something better, be good teammates. And, um, and I just think that they can find somebody who will do that because Marshall's an amazing place. And they're always going to have a you know, big fan uh, in the volleyball program, you know, in the volleyball community, I'm not leaving. I mean, we're going to run this river, you know, we're running river cities and I'm going to have more time and be able to put a lot more of my own personal time into river cities. And, uh, 
I have no problem getting on those, you know, getting on the sideline with those kids. Those kids are amazing. And, uh, and I do feel that we, we do affect those kids in the right way. And the kids who come to River Cities really want to be high achievers, and, and we do make differences in the right way and in a positive way, and I, I don't ever want that to end. That's, that's what I got into coaching for. It's why it found me. It's, it's why it's my passion. But my passion is for kids to be achieving. And right now they need – Marshall needs somebody who's going to get this program back to where, honestly, we had it. You know, I mean, and I hope it, I hope it happens. There's talent there. I hope they get the right person, and uh, and that and that person can bring all that talent out because the kids are the kids can get it done. I know so. I know they've got. But I mean, just they've got two superstar level players coming back next year, and just starting there, you know. And we knew all those other kids are going to get a lot better, and we only signed yesterday the kid who led the nation in kills, nation in kills, like 840 in the season. That kid's going to make a difference. You know, we got a, a libero out of Spring Valley, just won a national champ, or they won a uh, state, state championship, and that kid's going to be a great libero. She'll be able to hopefully take over for Amber, who is phenomenal. So, you know, I don't think the program's really – I think it'll – I think people will start seeing wins fast if they, uh, you know, they bring in the right person. How – Heartbreaking or how disappointing was it for you knowing that uh, you had the Conference USA Volleyball Tournament coming this year? And uh, I know you would have loved nothing more than to have you know, your girls right there on that court defending the home court, Conference USA. Um, I know that's probably something that is really bittersweet for you because it's great that Marshall has that. Right, but you can't. You're not. There. And people should come out. Yeah, this is going to be some great volleyball. I mean, there's, there's, I think four or five teams that are RPI top hundred. It's just going to be phenomenal volleyball. And we've expanded the volleyball community so much since the last time we hosted it. They should come out. They should come out and see some amazing volleyball. Um, you know, we bid on it because we knew the talent that was growing. Uh, Taylor Strickland and I had. Uh, Root, you know, we had worked very hard, and it was starting to come to fruition. And last year's freshman class was phenomenal talent-wise, and the class before that that were sophomores was incredible talent-wise. And, you know, we just came off a of 22 and, you know, eight-year, you know, second place in the league, and we knew we had more talent coming in. And it didn't gel. And some of them didn't like, you know, how they were being pushed or how it was going. And that's – and that's on me, you know. I mean, I wasn't willing uh, to change my way because it's the way I felt was the right way. And, um, and so they didn't, you know, some of them didn't like it. They didn't stay. And we knew that with the freshman class we had coming in this year, we would have, we would be loaded freshman to junior. And we had a couple seniors in terms of Shelby and Lolo who are just, they're great kids. They don't deserve the losing, the losing seasons. They didn't deserve to be on a team without that talent. And yet they were the two rocks that were on that team. And they just stayed true. And um, you know, I can't, I can't thank them enough because they did. They, they stayed true and, and kept working. And uh, you know, that's, that's, just, that's really it, man. I mean, it's, it's onward to something else. And uh, I mean, I've been in a leadership role for 26 years, most of those highly successful. So 
I think I can figure something out, but right now I'm going to take a couple of real deep breaths and, uh, you know, kind of joke with my boss, um, you know, when I got put on leave, I said, you know, it might be the first non-working vacation that I've had in 26 years. People just really don't understand. They see it all in, in what a football coach does, and everybody else just must have an easy life. I have not had a non-working vacation for 26 years, and but that's okay because it was my passion to be in these kids' lives. So that's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to take a non-working vacation. And, you know, it needs to be said, but there was nothing improprietous that ever happened within our program. And the things we've heard, the rumors that have been told on my leave and the things, it's amazing that people would actually say those things and think that I would have a job because Mike Hamrick wouldn't allow impropriety. He would not allow that type of behavior. You know, I mean, you make mistakes, but I've never crossed the line of, of that kind of level. And it's just, it amazes you, you know, when, when you're in a community for so long and you have so many good friends, that there's, there's always those people, man. And when you're in the coaching world, which I'm no longer in right now, um, that's all you face. You just face everybody who thinks they can do the job better than you. We're, we have the one profession, and I've never really said this to you because I was coaching. We have the one profession, Paul, that every person thinks they can do better than you. I'm not going to go in a hospital and think I can do better than that doctor. Right. You That's know? fair. Completely fair. But everybody can sit in a volleyball match and go, I should have done this. He should have done that. And that's fair. But the fact is, is they got to know one thing. We don't care. We really don't care. We hope you are a fan of our players. We hope you support the team and Marshall. But we don't care if you're second guessing us. I just never understand the anger that some people come up with on that. But, you know, I'm going to sit back now. I'm going to armchair. Give me the armchair now. But we're just going to have fun, man. Just going to have fun with my wife and my kids. It's going to be good. Mr. Jacobs joins us on the program. We're going to take a time out, come back, and uh, talk a little bit more with him. You're listening to The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thursday, November 15th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Belltown Hearing Aid Center. I'm joined on the program by now former Marshall University volleyball coach Mitch Jacobs. No more, no more sad stuff, man. What do we got going on? Oh, no, we're good. We're good. Uh, a few more weeks, we can talk trash about your Chicago Blackhawks. That was like one of our, our first things that we were doing. Did they pick the win up against St. Louis last night? I didn't look last Did night. Did they hang on to it? I was uh, so focused and drilled into Marshall basketball, I came home and, and it was uh, just, I, w- I was done. I fell asleep when they scored their first power play goal in like 12 periods. Yeah. <laughs> so... I know it's been tough, and, I mean, you get rid of one of the greatest coaches in history, uh, Quinville, you know, I mean. And, you know, you got some young guy running it now, and hopefully he's, they're all getting motivated and going because now i got some time. You know, maybe go off to a Blue Jackets game. There maybe, you go. Maybe uh, find some more time for a, for a hockey game. Why not just no go to Chicago? Take, take a quick hop up there. You got time? Why not go visit my parents? If, okay, if playing, work it you know? in. Absolutely. Um, Let's, um, on your dime, because, um, well, you know, I work here. 
Let's do the Blackhawks. Let's see if the Rangers are playing the Blackhawks one night somewhere, either New York or Chicago. Let's just do it. Yeah, and Let's you know make what? that happen. And you know what? Let's bet on the game because I'm you no can do that now. <laughs> I was gonna. He was sitting here. I'm kidding. He was sitting here during the uh, fantasy uh, football interview, and I was sitting there thinking, you know what? I might want to ask uh, Mitch if he wants to ask some questions about this fantasy stuff he's never got to participate in in like twenty some, twenty five some years. Yeah, that's the whole rage now. Fantasy, um, yeah, same day fantasy, you know, one day fantasy betting, all that. You, you could actually go and now buy a lottery ticket or something like that, right? How's that work? Um, well, I can. You can play do that. Lottery. We you, don't okay. Have, you you can play bet, the lottery. You can't bet on anything that is has an NCAA championship right. too, because you know you could have inside info or any of that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. So yeah, that's all off limits completely. You can go to a casino and play some cards. You know, you, you can, could actually fill out for the first time, and you don't know when, a bracket for March Madness. Wow. You could do that. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to do is not do that because <laughs> I haven't lost any money on a ball game in 26 years. Smart. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a good idea, especially when you're on a limited income. We're playing uh, – I'm playing fan- fantasy hockey right now, free fantasy hockey. Oh, okay. You know why? I, I don't. Because, uh, um, well, this is the first time I've ever played fantasy hockey, so I'm doing it free. And right now I'm beating Cornwell pretty badly. See? That's bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm crushing Bill you Cornwell. You know the game. I'm, you know the I'm game. beating him pretty badly. But, yeah, no, you could do these things now. I'm going to have time to actually know, like, how all my teams are doing. Right. I mean, I – you know, I mean, usually uh, it's it's playoff times. You get back involved. But, I mean, I, I hope, you know, but I do know what I'm definitely going to do. I'm going to focus in on the River Cities kids, and I'm going to read some books that I've been wanting to read. Here's a, a thought for you. Volleyball coach knows the game, could be a commentator on volleyball broadcast. Get could. that Get that broadcast career going. Well, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll start here okay. next to you. And, um, yeah, you know, actually back uh, in the 90s, that's actually one of the routes. I was coaching Florida Tech Division Two, Yeah. And I was doing some call for Sunshine Network. And I also called the uh, Elite Eight Division Two when it was at Barry University as a, as a color. So, you know, I mean, if you, I, I got some tapes. There you go. <laughs> He's throw some got tapes. some tapes. I could throw some tapes. We could do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I have I have passion for the game of volleyball, no question, and I am so excited to be able to continue teaching younger younger kids the game, and uh, and helping out the best I can. That's that's what I that's what I'm excited about. So this allows you also now the opportunity with those kids to represent them further, better maybe as far as uh, them taking their next step because you can be a little bit more well, active some more in that time, maybe. And I don't, you know, there's no there's no recruiting rules again on me anymore either. So. The recruiting rules have keep getting more strict, and now I'm not. Um, You're not bound by them. No, I'm not bound by those recruiting rules now. So, I can absolutely uh, be more involved. I can go out earlier in the season because right now, like, I wouldn't be able to go off campus with a team that's playing of high school level till President's Weekend. They moved it from Martin Luther King Weekend to President's okay. Weekend. Okay. So now I can be with those kids more. I can I can lock into what's going on. You know, I'm not going to be exhausted by six o'clock in the evening, um, so I can be, you know, I can be in that gym in the evenings, and I don't have to worry about, you know, get, being up for six a.m. workouts or anything like that. You know, it's, I, I, and I believe that that's going to be fun. I think it's going to be 
a lot of fun, you know, and I've, I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed the River Cities. So, Mitch Jacobs joins us. We're going to take our final break, come back, and uh, we'll talk to Mitch for the uh, final segment of this show. And then we will get you to Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. Paul Swan, your host for The Drive, presented by Belltown Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We've just got a couple of minutes left until we've got to say goodbye tonight. And we are in the studio with former Marshall University volleyball coach Mitch Jacobs announcing his retirement today. And uh, this is sort of like his audition tape for radio broadcasting. But, uh, no, nah, it's, um, it, it's sad for me because, again, you've, uh, you've been always top shelf with me. and um, You're my guy, Blue. Yeah, you've been always top shelf. I, I don't think I've had an issue or a problem with any, anyone in the press or, you know, and I think we've, we've got good relationships, man. And you guys all like to – Make fun of me because I'm like, I love Grant Trailer. Well, who doesn't? You know, well. Who doesn't? I really don't care who does or doesn't. <laughs> I do. That's a fact. You know? And, I mean, everybody's just, they're just good people in this town. And why not Why not stick around, man? By the way, for the record, Grant T- Trailer is also top shelf. So I agree. Yeah. So, I agree. Uh, that dude is, uh, I've known that dude for a while since he was a lot younger. Yep, me too. He, yeah, he's strong. He does, <laughs> he does a great job. So, um, uh You'll be back, man. I don't know why I'm sad. You'll be back. No, man. I'll, anytime I'll, you I'm want sad. me on the show, you I'm You retired, and I'm sad. I don't know if I'm not allowed on the show anymore that, because I'm not a Marshall coach, but, uh, that's not but the, I get it. That's not the rule to get on the show. But I am uh, a huge sports fan, huge Marshall fan, man. I'm still going to be sitting at that basketball game going crazy, man. I love Danny's, you know, Danny's squad, good kids, playing hard. Last, last night was, was kind of fun. You know, um, the the only uh, the only thing here is uh, the sadness of this is that um, now you're as far as active coaches at Marshall, you're off the leaderboard for me. Well, it's always been Jeff Small. He's always had the lead. Mercer's two now. Small Mercer. I would, yeah. Well, yeah. No, he he was a solid three. But he brought me a Penguins hat once. That's that's probably right. Yeah, I mean now he's he's two. Small Mercer. The rest of those guys? Yeah. Yeah. It's good people, though, man. Yeah, those are good people. You're good people, man. I'm glad you could come on. Um, we'll do it again some more. And, uh, hey, you know, maybe one day you'll be running this show. You know, it's not a bad gig. It's not a bad gig. I don't know what else you got to do other than get on the mic, but if I can come in at 445 and leave at 615, man, I might, might be in. That's not my work day, yeah, but, you know, if that, that could be your work, if that could be your work day, we'll make, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to the mic. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, for former Marshall Volleyball coach, Mitch Jacobs, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks, this has Swanee. been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.